Blog Talk Radio. Live to who I have to assume is nobody, Rick, as the NFL is playing football during the Asylum. I don't understand it. It's the Asylum football inside slant. Ah, there, there is. Mute that game and listen to your fantasy opium. We are Flagrant Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum, the inside slant in week seven. Week seven. It, it, it's about time to start talking crunch time for fantasy football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And oh, before we get any further, I had actually made uh, in the prediction I had taken the Rams thirty-one twenty-seven over the Giants. If I look at it, it may be thirty-one nothing. I don't know, but yeah, typical pathetic Giants. Uh, don't mind the banging around. We just like to pull the curtain back. So we've taken a big step forward. If anybody's listens to listen to the show every Thursday on the Arena Sports Network or on the site at AsylumFantasySports.com you'll know that we've added an executive producer to the show, and he's been on the show for about a month and uh, had no duties because I was running all the work. So Studio B, Rick, now has a control room, if you can believe it. This stupid show has a control room. Yep. Unfortunately, the executive producer hasn't agreed to work Sundays. I don't know, maybe he's Mormon, I don't know, Amish or something. It's hard to tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so currently I have to run back and forth between the control room and the no. studio. No, it has nothing to do with religion, Rick. He actually has a life other than us. That's not acceptable. <laughs> know, we exactly. need to sit down and talk about his continued employment. I agree. If he's going to have one of these lives yeah. that you're talking about. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just can't understand so, why anyone would want one. So bear with me if you hear some banging around, some running back and forth, some dins, distant shouts for me because I'm running back and forth and uh, in and out of the control room. I just like saying that, Rick, the control room. Yeah, that sounds exa- cool. Exactly. He'll probably trip and hit his head and ruin everything. Hey, I but... duct tape the wires down, Rick. There's no tripping <laughs> there. It is all class here at the asylum. That's true. So, That's true. So crunch time, of course, if anybody's listening, I I don't know why you would, as the Giants are already laying an egg against. Is, is it time to talk about the Rams as, as being for real, Rick? Is it possible? For real and proved? Yeah, I think so. Well, no question. Yeah, improved, exactly. But... I mean, I'm, to be honest with you, after those first two weeks, I, I was, I mean, they actually were one and one. They won that one game, I think, 9 3 against right. Seattle, the defense. They seem to have Seattle's number for whatever reason. But, the offense was just morbid, but I'll tell you what, Case Keenum has actually woken up and, and is playing good football. Yeah. And I mean, he is, you know, Kenny Britt is looking good. Tavon Austin, always inconsistent, Today, but still a big play guy. Brian Quick. Big play guy. Yeah, huge big play guy. And Has one today already. Didn't get in the end zone, yeah. but a 30, 40 yard catch from what it looked like. And if they can ever get Gurley going, I mean, this offense could be pretty this, tough. This is the odd, and you wonder, is is there something wrong with Gurley, or is that why we're seeing Case Keenum succeed? His teams are completely selling out against Todd Gurley, and Keenum's just good enough to throw against no coverage, or is there a problem with Gurley? It's hard to tell. We really don't know at this point. Yeah, I mean, everything that I've watched, it doesn't look like defenses are just stacking the box any longer. 
but he's actually making a little progress so far today. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what his yards total is. We've been busy here, but uh, I don't know. This team, are they going to take the division? I kind of doubt it was Seattle and Arizona. Uh, Seattle's going to get rolling here. Ari- but you're still going to hear from Arizona. I tell you what, they could have something to say about the division when it gets right down to it. They've already beaten Seattle once. Right. And, I mean, those are division losses that teams can't afford. Arizona loses to them or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, this team could make some noise. It, it, it's interesting to watch. So let, let's get to some of the, the quick headlines here, Rick, right off the top. Of course, everybody knows Ben Roethlisberger out today with that knee injury going up against the Patriots. We don't know if it's two weeks. We don't know if it's eight weeks. We, we don't know. All we do know is he's not playing against the Pats today. We'll get to the game predictions. I think that might be the easiest game on the board to pick. The question becomes Antonio Brown, Rick, Le'Veon Bell, Jesse James, Sammy Coates, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. If I'm a fantasy owner of these guys, if it's Antonio Brown, I'm taking a wait and see. He's staying in my lineup, obviously. Probably. That was my first pick, okay? He's in the lineup, period. I mean, this is week one. I haven't seen him lay an egg for a week or so, so obviously he's in my lineup. Sammy Coates, I don't think I'm I'm gambling with him. He's busted up hand. He's inconsistent even with Roethlisberger, even though he's a big play guy. James is intriguing. I think he could be a uh, a safety valve. And, of course, Le'Veon Bell, I think you have to start him, obviously, because they're going to rely on the oh, run game, period. Le'Veon Bell's going to touch the ball 30 times yeah, today. No and, doubt. And he's shifty enough. You know, Antonio Brown, I tend to agree with you. I have him ranked below a lot of folks. I wouldn't have him ranked below in a normal week. I think I have him, you know, almost in the 40s overall, you know, probably 10 to 15 as far as wide receivers. So there's probably not anybody on your bench you're going to start over him. You know, his average without Ben has been about six for 60. That's what I expect. Maybe he slips one in the end zone and, and, and you're fine. You're not getting those big numbers, but yeah, I'm not sure. Who do you have on your bench that you can start over at Antonio? But I'm sure we'll get the questions, Rick, and, and we'll find out who folks have on their bench. All right. Uh, well, okay. Well, you know what? Let's head to the phone line. Oh, all I'm right. sure we have, uh, you know, and, and I know this number here is Jersey. Now, Jersey, we're trying a new board here. So if we cannot get you, we might have to ask you to hang up here, but we're going to give you a try here. Uh, Jersey, can you hear us? Gentlemen. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me, gentlemen? Yeah, I think we're okay. Um, Yo, I, got Rick running into the control room here to ch- check the other board here to make sure that it's coming through. We've done some uh, some little wiring here. So I think I think we're okay. What's going on, buddy? I beat Junior. I beat Junior. One thirty-eight, one thirty-four. He had a like a thirty-point lead on me. I had David Johnson, and he had the kicker. Arizona's kicker game four. I got 39 points from Johnson. The people are like, beat him. So, that's a junior. Big dog always knows how to beat little dog. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you just had, you just had to come on to rub it into him, didn't you? Wow, the poor oh, guy's. Oh, man. And the, poor, the poor guy's going to be, after today, he works night work, Monday, Tuesday. That'll be his 16 straight days of work between overtime and everything else. So, I love that kid, man. He just bought a house. goes to settlement November 1st. So, good kid. My question is, with Junior's team, um, does he use Buffalo's defense this week or Seattle? I got Seattle under now. He's got Seattle under now. Uh, since it, you never know what Palmer's going to do. Um, that's, that's, that's a question. And also what we did is we dropped Ebreon and picked up uh, Gates because he has Martellus Bennett, 
but both of them are a 425 game. Doyle is on the waiver. I picked up Doyle in my PPR leg. I'm starting him over Pitta because I got Jordan Reed out of concussion. So do you like Buffalo or Seattle for his team and uh, the start? And do you like him keeping um, uh, starting, what's his name, uh, pick up Doyle and start him and leave Bennett on the bench? Or, um, you know, or keep uh, Gates on there. And then if, if what's called doesn't start, then you can put Gates in. What do you – in a PP, uh, PPR league? Well, I can tell you one thing. If I got the number one defense, I think I'm going to start them no matter who they're playing against. And, uh, I mean, Seattle is, is a is a great defense. Yeah, and Buffalo is a good option, don't get me wrong. But um, I tell you what, it's really hard to sit in Seattle defense when it gets right down to it. And uh, well, you know, let's see, they're at Miami. You know what happened to guys? I got, I got Minnesota's defense, man. They're the best defense in all of NFL. They scored 120 points, like in, in certain things. Now Buffalo has outscored Seattle extremely well over the last four or five weeks. They got more points on there because in this league here, um, it's about you know, turnovers and stuff like that, and, and yardage and stuff, keeping guys down. So again, Buffalo has been the better defense, believe it or not, the last probably three weeks. They've been averaging, let's say, 12 points a game versus nine and a half with Seattle. But I do like Seattle going against Arizona because they've beaten them four times, you know, over the last couple of years. Palmer's not Palmer. Brown's out. I do have David Johnson, so if he scores a touchdown for me against them. But like you said, Buffalo's been playing good, but I don't know. I mean, Miami could do anything. And Arizona's a little goofy. Even though they're at home, they kind of struggle a little bit. And if they get pressure on them, I think there could be a lot of sacks, interceptions, maybe with Seattle's defense. And that's why I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, you know, quite frankly, I mean, you know, Buffalo is scoring a lot of points. I mean, you put that into perspective fantasy-wise. I don't think you're going to go wrong either way. But Buffalo, if you think about it, is probably playing the uh, the worst team out of the opponents, I guess you you would say. Right. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, 20 sacks, six picks, and uh, six fumble recoveries. And and three touchdowns. I mean, it's probably not a bad play. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I, I think Buffalo just may be the play. You changed my mind. And okay. then when okay. we when we go to the tight end question, so so basically we're yeah, talking so. Martellus Bennett or Antonio Gates. I yeah, because he's, he's, got, he's got he's got both on the roster because we dropped Ebreon, but also he can get Doyle and drop Gates, and still he'd have to start Doyle because Doyle's a one o'clock game versus. Martellus Bennett, I think, a 4:30 game, the same as Gates would be. Yeah, see, I see. I know he's been questionable all week. I have no indication that Martellus Bennett's going to be out against this right. pathetic Steelers defense. If Martellus Bennett plays, he's one, he's probably one of the top. I think I have him as my tight end four with Gronk being one this week. So I would okay. almost. I would be willing to take the chance that Martellus Bennett is going to go. Now I have, believe it or not, I have Jack Doyle this week ranked right behind Martellus Bennett. So if you don't want to take the risk, I really think Jack Doyle has a big game, but man, what Martellus Bennett can do, the Steelers are banged up at the linebacker position and in the secondary. I don't know who covers Martellus Bennett. You, You always worry, I guess, about new England. It's going to be kind of volatile with Bennett, what the game plan is. Is this a Gronk game? Is this a Bennett game? But for me personally, I'm going to roll with Bennett. If I find out he's hurt this afternoon, I'll go ahead and throw Gates in. Not the best option, but if everything being equal, I have them ranked side by side, but I'm still going to take Bennett over Doyle. You know, and that's the thing, Jersey, with uh, 
you know, the NFL muddying the waters even more, you know, with this questionable thing. You know, we don't know if he is listed as questionable because he just has a, a little dinged up ankle. I mean, and normally he would be probable or if it's really, right. you know, an injury. I mean, that, that's the problem with this, uh, you know, the way they, you know, make things so vague. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with Rick. I, you can't hardly keep him out, especially against what uh, that Steelers defense, you know, appears to be so weak, you know, against the pass. Right. And that's why, like I said, I, I think Ben could do better than Joel. Like, like, like I said, uh, Luck likes the tight end. And with Allen out, I'm hoping Doyle has a big game because I'm in a PPR like on June and Iron, and I uh, and I did start Doyle over Pitta because of uh, Jordan concussion. You know what I mean? Hey, tell you the best thing I did, me and Junior. Tell you what, man. Now I know why we win championships. We picked up our boy Ty Montgomery, baby. Gave us 22.6 points as a receiver at the flex player, and my kid was going against the guy that had Rodgers. So it's 40. The 22.6, so, and I'm up 22.6. So, Montgomery looks like a nice, sneaky uh, play with that backfield being messed up. He's not a bad running back. So, to your listeners, if they haven't picked up Montgomery, man, they better get him because he's a nice option, whether it be a flex player or use him as a wide receiver because he's getting passes out of the backfield, but he's running the ball like a back. And they haven't changed him. People in Yahoo and other leagues, guys, were complaining about, well, why don't they change him to a back because he's listed on their roster as a wide receiver. So I doubt any of the systems will change into a running back. You know what I mean? Because people want back one because they're hurt. A lot of them are banged up. So yeah, I saw a lot of that, a lot of that online uh, ever since Thursday. People are losing their yeah. minds when I'm listed as a running oh, back. Best thing, second best thing I did, I picked up Steel one week. Dude went off for like 30-some points. And then we picked up Montgomery this week and went off. So, like I said, it's, it's fun. And, um, hey, do you think down the road, guys, Eh, I could have taken Crowell. Somebody dropped him. I was going to drop D'Angelo Williams because I have Ware. I got Coleman. I have um, uh, uh, um, David Johnson. And I also have the running back from Carolina. Uh, the, the, the normal guy's been hurt. I got him. So I was, But I didn't want to take Crowell because the cop stuff and all, man, so I left him on her. Somebody did pick him up. But should I hold on to, to Williams this year? In case something happens to Bell, I'm, probably when I hold on to him, nothing will. Like last year when I dropped him prior to week three, um, Bell went, got hurt. But I picked up Lewis, and Lewis got hurt week six. So do I hold on to, to Williams, do you think, this year, guys, with my back yeah. I have in his people? I would, hold, I would hold on to D'Angelo Williams. Who's the other one you said? Do you have like a Foss a pause, a Whittaker or something like that? Jonathan Stewart. I got, I got, I got Jonathan Stewart, who gave me oh. some points. He went off last week. I got oh, David. Okay. I have. David Johnson, I have I have Ware, and I also have um, Tavon Coleman. I'm starting Coleman. Actually, I sat Coleman this week because I played what's it called as my flex, Ty Montgomery, and I have in a lineup. I have what's his name in there. I have uh, David Johnson and uh, Spencer Ware. Because I'll tell you what, Charles well, banged up you, his knee. Well, since you have what's McCallit and what's his name, I would keep Williams. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, really, seriously, with that stable running backs you got, I mean, I, I would keep him because you've got plenty of starters just to put Crowell on your, on your bench because if something happens to Bell, Williams is indispensable. Uh, he's an RB1, man. It happened to me last year. And what I did do, I, since I'm going to go with Minnesota's defense all year, I dropped Kansas City's. I don't have to carry two defense. Uh, Kansas City gave me 19 points last week when, when uh, Vikings were on the bye. 
So I picked up um, what's I said. I, I picked up what's his name today, uh, the uh, Doyle. So that's like I said, you know, because like I said, next week Pitt is on a buy. I don't know if the concussion part of Reed's going to be gone after this week here. If Doyle goes off, and and Allen could be out another couple of weeks. I got a nice plug and play next week with Pitt on a buy, and Jordan Reed could be out again with his concussion. So I try to think ahead, you know what I mean? But guys, I really appreciate the advice. It's always a pleasure every season to talk with you guys. Again, Junior, appreciate it. He goes, Dad, you going to talk to the boys in the morning? I said, yeah, I'll tweak your team, Junior. Since I beat you last week, I'll ask the questions. So thanks for giving us the advice. We both, we both appreciate it. You guys have a safe weekend, and best of luck to you guys in the leagues you're in. Thank you very much for taking my call again. All right, same to you, Jersey. Good luck, buddy. And uh, thanks, as always, for calling in. All right, so... Well, we got Martellus Bennett there. The, the Buffalo-Seattle okay. question was interesting. You know, yeah, Seattle's that, a safe play. I like Jersey. He's got the big lead. Jersey seems to have the horseshoe. Well, I guess that's Junior's team, and, and yeah. he took down Junior's team. But yeah, I mean, you know, Buffalo. But they're a scoring defense. I have a weird know, it's, feeling it's about this game. It's just the whole thing when you say Buffalo and Seattle. And when you look at it, like, um, Seattle's given up about 700 total yards less than Buffalo. But when you look at the point-scoring factors, right. picks, sacks, and everything, Buffalo's way ahead of Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, it, that is a good play. Just, a, just a, a bigger play defense, I think, is what it is. You know, I'm with you. My first instinct is to go with a Seattle, and I may still have it. I like the upside of a Buffalo. You're, you're trying to get points. You're trying to make a run. So, where are we at, Rick? Are we good to get back to yeah, some of the injury to, report? No, let's go to um, needs a desperation play All right. this week after being shafted by the Bears on Thursday. I, every question the mailbag started with Cameron Meredith, Alshon Jeffrey, Brian Hoyer, Zach Miller, yeah. Jordy Nelson screwed me oh, on Thursday. There's yeah. like five guys that screwed me. Save me. Save yeah. me. I need we ought to be playing like help or yeah. something. You know, <laughs> I, I mean? need a hail Mary. Every question started with that. It, it was sad. Okay, we got a standard question. All right. Gore, Ingram, Tevin Coleman. Gore, Ingram, Coleman. Okay. If this was a PPR question, this for me would be Coleman, and, and we wouldn't even be talking anymore. Going up again at home against San Diego, this matches up real well. I know he splits carries. He makes me nervous. However, this isn't a PPR. This one's interesting. This one's really intriguing for me. We've got Indianapolis. They have a fair matchup, too. I'm, I'm well, blanking on it. Well, it's against Tennessee, which is not uh, that – Super of of a matchup, but uh, you know, I tell you, Frank Gore has been playing well. Four hundred thirty four yards rushing, two touchdowns. He's got fifteen receptions this year, which is, you know, it's surprising with with a Frank Gore. But um, you know, he just never seems to. I mean, one of these years we're going to get it right that he's done, right? I would think so. <laughs> I tell you what, my gut says Frank Gore. <clears throat> I w- I would say this. All right, I have I have them ranked. Well, these are PPR. I ranked them PPR. I'm going to say this. Frank Gore is the safest, smartest option. But right? I tell you what, against he San needs Diego, des- Coleman, he needs a desperation play. Somebody, the Bears boned him on Thursday. Coleman. If you're searching for it, Coleman's the guy who could come out of this game with 30 points. I'm not saying he will, but Coleman's the guy who can. Frank Gore is going to come out of this game with what, Rick? 16, 18 points pretty much write it down, take a nap, you're good to go. 
you're shooting for the moon, I, I'm not messing with, with Mark Ingram going up against well, Kansas City in, in Kansas City. We're going to talk about this later on as we pick the games and we give our start sits. Drew Brees has struggled mightily, mightily on the road and especially in Kansas City throughout his career. So I'm not messing with New Orleans here. I have Ingram ranked below both of these guys in a PPR. Coleman's the home run play. Frank Gore's the safety play. You said you need a desperation play. I'm going Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I mean, for the big splash, no doubt about it. Uh, You know, he's got more touchdowns than Gore, but three of them came in one game. That's your splash play. Frank Gore has three touchdowns, one per game, you know, for three different games. You know, he he, he was actually shut down by Chicago, but had over 100 rushing yards against Houston. So, you know, you just don't know what you're getting. They're going up against a pretty good defense. They could rely on Frank Gore some. So, well, I tell you, I, I have to go with you. The big splash play with Coleman, but, you know, Frank Gore is is the safer play. But, you know, you need a desperation play. So Right. If I came out of Thursday night with, say, I expected 20, and I came out with 20 or more, I'd go Frank Gore here. If I came out with four, which happened to so many guys, you got to play Tevin Coleman. You have to. There, I don't foresee a scenario – where Frank Gore runs for 120, catches four for 40, and gets two touchdowns, right? That's right. not going to happen. I could foresee Tevin Coleman having, now again, this is a standard league, but having eight catches and whatever that yardage bears into, 75 to 100 yards, long touchdown, running the ball a little bit. And those three touchdowns in a the game, they tend to do that. Devontae yeah. Freeman will get them down there, and then it's weird the little quick guy comes in. So for the splash play, it's Tevin Coleman. I agree. And uh, Robbie Gold just earned himself a job. It's 10-3. to three. <laughs> Find out he can still kick. And uh, well, Eli Hilton can't seem to get off here today. It looked open in the end zone. Eli missed him and docked away, so – I'm reading. I'm reading ahead. <laughs> What's his name? Odell Beckham. I'm reading ahead here a yeah. little bit, Rick. I'm doing show prep. When you throw this game in, these shows get yeah. back because I'm always doing prep, monitoring everything, and then and talking to you. Now you throw in a game on the television. You don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Horseradish. Standard flex. All right. Lamar Miller. Legarrette Blunt. That is so tough. Lamar Miller, is there any chance Lamar Miller runs the ball with any effectiveness on Monday? Um, Probably. Houston is, uh, I mean, Lamar Miller has been, I don't know, how should I say it, basically stellar this year. Right. Uh, well, you know, and he's involved in the pass game. I just... You know, his, his he was shut down by Minnesota, granted, um, and, and that game was out of hand early. I don't see the Denver game getting out of hand early. It, it's not. But I also don't see Houston moving the ball. I mean, they, they made the statement. I say stuff like this a lot. I've never heard an NFL player say it before. Yes, we know Brock Osweiler, and we, quote, want to kill him, <laughs> right? So there's no chance they're going to throw the ball. It's going to throw the offense out. You know, who, who are we up against, Miller or who? I already forgot who. Oh, LeGarrette Blunt, which is a great matchup against Pittsburgh. A Ben Roethlisberger less Pittsburgh. And, yeah, I mean, I can see LeGarrette Blunt running for a couple of touchdowns. Right. Couldn't you? Right. I'm, 
he, he, he look, I've got I've got Lamar Miller ranked as the running back nine this week. I've got LeGarrette Blunt as the running back thirteen. So the answer to this question is Lamar Miller. But let's go back. Let, let's couch this thing a little bit and say if you got hurt on Thursday, if you're looking for the the higher upside, I think you want to go with LeGarrette Blunt there again. Safe play. I have Lamar Miller ranked ahead. Bottom line is this. DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute sit. Even before we get to the start-sit segment, DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute sit. Brock Osweiler, they want to kill him, and they have the ability to kill him. You know, there's lots of times you want to kill somebody, and they, they don't have the ability to do it. Denver has the ability to do that. So the, run, the pass game absolutely isn't going to be there. I think they're going to try to establish the run. As good as that Denver defense has been, teams are able to run on him. So I'm not completely shying away from Lamar Miller. I have him ranked higher. That's, pro, that's what I'm going to recommend here. But if you're chasing points, if you need to make something up, if you've got a tough matchup, then I think LeGarrette Blunt's your shoot-for-the-stars type of play. So I'm going to recommend Lamar Miller here. I don't want to couch it, but just throw in parentheses that if you're, if you're down 20 heading into today, I might go with LeGarrette Blunt and hope he scores those two touchdowns that you said he probably has an opportunity to score late in this game. All right, PPR, Ivory or Powell? I think that's ivory with, without even thinking about it. You know, when you're, when you're talking about Powell, as bad as he's been, Matt Forte's still around. I think this becomes – I think this is the week this becomes Chris Ivory's job in Jacksonville and and Yeldon becomes sort of that change of pace guy that it looks like he's built to be. He doesn't look to me like he's built to be in every down back. We know Ivory is. Ivory looks healthy. He looks quick. He finally got in the end zone last week. Powell's going to keep getting work, but Forte will play today, and he's going to be the first option. So, so for me, this is Ivory pretty easily. Yeah, and if there's not a matchup for Jacksonville this week, you're, right. not, you're not going to find one with that Oakland defense. I mean, I think this could be a score fest. I agree with you. I think it's Ivory. All right. All caught up? Yep. All right, let's just go through a few more of the big ones. Of course, Doug Martin out this again this yeah, week. That's, that's sort of disappointing after you figured after the bye week he'd be good to go. I think Jaquiz Rogers is a nice play this week. As somebody I know I'm certainly starting as an, as an RB2 in a PPR league. Carlos Hyde out, Mike Davis, Sean Drawn to, to split carries. Don't know what to make of that one. I, I ran out when I heard Hyde was banged up and picked up all the drawn shares I could get. And now you're hearing Mike Davis has been outperforming in practice, is going to get the bulk of the work, and drawn's going to be the change of pace guy. So if I remember the mailbag, I think we have a couple drawn questions, so we'll worry about where to rank him then. Looks like going to get messy for, for Oakland in the backfield as Latavius Murray looks like he's back. He, he practiced on Friday. Looks like he's going to go this week. Now, here's one I don't like hearing, Rick, and it, what it does is it invalidates everything I said on Thursday on the Arena Sports Network. Jamal Charles, fairly questionable, that knee swelling up again. So, looks like he's going to play, but I think he's going to be limited as Rick's doing the look at me over there. <laughs> You're happy that the man can't recover. I don't own him. And <laughs> so, you know, I'm not – it's it's sad. I mean, you hate to see that, but I'm telling you, it was just everything, everything that I saw from him. Wow, what a run! What was that an interception return? I believe that that was a crazy. Yeah, thing that, I ever that saw. was. I'm sitting there trying to talk, and this guy's weaving through <laughs> more Rams than you can shake a stick. That he has a defensive line and pick him up and toss him yeah. the last four yards into the end zone. And I the guy just scored. It's ten to nine, awaiting. Uh, 
Robbie Gold. See, there's the trick. You want to win, score points without Eli Manning needing to be involved. I think yeah. I think the I think the Giants just hit on something there. Yeah, there you go. But uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Jamal Charles and your oh, yeah. glee that he's injured. I'm not, it's not glee, but it's just, um, you know, I just, there's just something about that. I, I just felt he's not coming back from this. I think he is done. And, I mean, I'm not saying he'll retire, but, I mean, I think that past glory that we saw with Jamal Charles, those days are over. Probably. I, I mean, I'm, start, I'm starting to go that way. We're We're talking – well, is it that, or is he? We've seen so many guys make this recovery in less than a year. What used to be a full calendar year, if not longer, type of recovery. We've seen so many guys do this in seven, eight, nine months. Maybe Jamal Charles just flat isn't that guy. I'm not sure, but I, th- I think Spencer Ware is an. It becomes an interesting option this week. Is even if Charles is on the field, I think he's going to be limited. This is going to be Ware's job. And going up against that pathetic New Orleans defense, I, I think Ware is back in play for fantasy owners this week. D'Angelo Williams out versus the Patriots with a knee injury. Not sure if that that's any big deal. Now, LaShawn McCoy, this is this is one we probably should have got to off the top. You know, everybody, Mike Gillisley just drained free agent <laughs> dollar accounts all over at fantasy football all week with the, this news of the LaShawn McCoy hamstring injury. What, Friday he was out, yesterday he was going to play, this morning it looks like he's probably going to go. He's technically a game-time decision, but all reports coming out of Buffalo are he's going to go, but he's going to be on a pitch count, 25 to 30 snap pitch count. For me, that makes neither of them all that valuable, him or Gillisley. What what you're going to have to do is sit around and predict who's going to score the touchdown, right? I don't know if I want to be in that position. Do you believe a lot of that stuff, though? The pitch count? Yeah. I tend to not to, but he goes out there. I mean, you're dealing after, with Rexy boy. Well, and after the first quarter, if he's feeling good and he's running well, the pitch count goes out the window, right? I I, I agree with I that. I think, yeah. I mean, and and I just – I don't buy a lot of this baloney that, that these coaches come up with. Well, you know, we're going to monitor the situation. And, and you know, we've we've been caught many times with, well – but all indications he's going to split time so-and-so. The guy goes out for 30 carries and, and, you know, 130 yards and two touchdowns. Oops. Yeah. You know. I don't think Gillisley's playable. Well, let me put it this way. Gillisley could have a nice game, right? I think we agree on that. If all of this is true, I don't think he's worth the risk. If you don't have better options, if you're injured, if, you if, you know, you got Zeke Elliott, something, you've got bye weeks, you've got injuries. And LaShawn McCoy's on the field. He's too risky for me to play if I have, say, an Isaiah Crowell on the bench. I'd play an Isaiah Crowell over him this week. But, yeah. you know, but Gillisley, again, he'd have to be a pretty pretty desperate play for me to, to play a Mike Gillisley, I guess is the point. So keep an eye on it going up towards kickoff. If McCoy plays, I think he is the more playable one over Gillisley. If I could avoid them both, I could at least relax a little bit during the day. Yeah, I guess you don't know what you're going to get in the end. What else? We have John Brown out. Leg pains caused by the sickle cell trait. That's uh, I haven't heard that one before, so hopefully everything's all right with that, and that's not a long-term career-threatening tra- type of injury. Travis Benjamin will play. Steve Smith is out. Stephon Diggs, questionable but likely to play against the Eagles with that groin injury. I'm chomping at the bit to get him back out there, Rick. 
Uh, what do we have here? Will Fuller going to play on Monday versus the Broncos? No, thank you. No. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I'm I'm done messing with, with these defenses and the passing. Um, you'll, see, you'll see a theme here in a couple minutes when we get to the starts and sits, a theme that I'm done messing with Minnesota and Denver. I'm not messing with them anymore. Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, you know, the offense is far from stellar, and you're going up against Denver. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Okay, standard question. All right, the Garrett Blunt or Terrence West? Oh man, all this Blunt talk. Uh, Terrence West going up against Jets. the Jets, who have been pathetic. Blunt going up against the Steelers, who are pathetic. I believe Rick, I have a Garrett Blunt rated ahead of Terrence West. I'm going to go with Garrett Blunt here. I like the West matchup. I always worry, when are they going to start trying to get Dixon involved in this thing? Joe Flacco's been banged up. If this offense continues to want to throw the ball 40 times a game, even if Terrence West is running the ball well, for me, this is where I can gamble and go for the upside of LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I mean, the bleeding has to stop a little bit for New York, I would think. I mean, certainly they're not, they can't continue to just keep dumping the ball to other teams three, four times a game, right? I mean, I have them ranked within two of each other. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I have Blunt ahead, so that that's going to be my Yeah, I think I'm going Blunt, too, in this, in, with a standard. I think he's got a great shot, you know, scoring touchdowns in, in the red zone down there against the Pittsburgh defense. This feels like the typical type of New England game where with Ben Roethlisberger out, they're going to be up in the 20s as we had it late into the third quarter and early into the fourth. And they're going to hand the ball to Blunt over and over again. And he's going to average, for that fourth quarter, he's going to average eight yards a carry, get in the end zone at least once, if not twice. This is what that game looks like. I think everyone can envision that, right? You would think so. Watch it be 10-9. Well, I mean, in, but in any time you're I dealing know. with the stupid hoodie and a running back, this is why these questions even come up. But this is that type of game where there's – very little chance. Anything could happen. There's very little chance. Pittsburgh's in this game into the in middle, late second half, and at that point it becomes blunt time. And, and this feels really like a 27-carry, 135-yard, two-touchdown game or an eight-carry, 18-yard, no-touchdown game thanks to Bill Belichick. That's the risk you take messing with him, but I'm going to mess with him on this one. Yeah. All right, let's see. Standard T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones. Oh man, who uh, this has got to be dazed. Of course it is. You know, it's uh, getting to make that Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens and Randy (laughs) Moss is the starting. This is probably a flex. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This is this is good. I got T.Y. Hilton ranked ahead of. I'm going T.Y. Hilton here. Uh, Moncrief's still out. Dorsett is out. Allen's out. So we we talked about with Doyle. I like what he's going to do. T.Y. Hilton's the best and only option in this passing offense and they're going to want to throw the ball so i'm going with ty hilton here i don't know what to make of the washington redskins on defense when we're talking about marvin jones right they, they've looked really good the last couple of weeks they looked really vulnerable early on what they are doing is rushing the passer very well i wonder if the lions found something in golden tate they're without Ebron. Their running game still banged up. Marvin Jones is going to get his opportunities. But if you looked at the steady decline his numbers have been on since that 200-yard game, he's not the lockdown option 
these in the if you look back in the history, they seem to play more often than you would expect. But when the Lions and Redskins play, when they're both bad defenses is what you expect here. These games tend to be kind of grind them out, kind of ugly, kind of messes. And you'll see that with my score and the predictions. So I, I think it's T.Y. Hilton. He's a candidate for double-digit catches. Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you just look at Marvin Jones. 85, 118, 205 yards the first three games, and then he goes 74, 37, 10. Right. I mean, yeah, he's he's declining down. Um, I and Hilton's Hilton's got what probably about 10, 11 more catches than him. To me, that just screams more opportunity to score. Right. And you know, right now it's touchdowns four to three in favor of Jones, but he had two in that 205 yard game. Yeah, I like Hilton in this in this scenario easily right now. Okay, one more here. Standard again, Marvin Jones, Demarius Thomas. Ooh, okay. That, that that's an interesting one there. If I'm not all right, so everything this is where you, they they back us in a corner, right? We give all the reasons why you don't want to start Marvin Jones. Oh, yeah. and you, you throw him back and 180 out. yards and three touchdowns. Well, but but what I mean is, and now I've got to be in the position to make an argument for him over Demarius Thomas, who Thomas is, I, I have him as a, a low to middle wide receiver too this week. Even without J.J. Watt, Minnesota, or Minnesota, Houston can play a little bit of defense. Thomas, for the last two years a year and a half now i guess it is i don't know if he's been banged up he looks uninspired he's dropping balls at the end of the game the numbers are there but he hasn't really taken over a game you know simeon sort of looked like what we thought he would look like before he got off to the three and oh four and oh start whatever it was he's come back to earth for me this one's marvin jones i i think yeah, I'm going Marvin Jones. I got him ranked within about six of each other, but I've got Marvin Jones ahead. Yeah, I think I will too. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, Detroit has a better opportunity against Washington to have some bigger numbers than Denver does with Simeon against Houston. And you know, quite frankly, Demarius Thomas is not getting – the amount of um, catches or looks as Emmanuel Sanders is. So, for that reason, I have to go Marvin Jones as well. Yeah, all right. All caught up there. I think we are. How about we – was there any other injuries in note? I think Terrell Pryor going to be a game-time decision. Jordan Reed out with that concussion. Dwayne Allen out. We talked plenty about Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron out versus the Redskins. That tells me Anquan Bolden is going to get yeah. the tight egg catches for Detroit this week. Bolden's an interesting sort of low-level flex type of play, don't you think, Rick, in a 12-team yeah. league? Oh, yeah, no doubt about I that. Think I agree. Every chance he gets in the end zone this week as he fills that role. How about well, we have about 20 till here? How about some starts and sits, Rick? Who are you going to start this week? Well, I'll tell you what. He has been a utter disappointment all year long. I bought into him in the preseason and during the drafts. But I tell you what, if there's not a matchup for Blake Bortles this week, yeah. it's not. So, I mean, if you happen to have a, you know, I don't know, a Cam Newton, something like that, Blake Bortles may be your guy because I can see this being a score fest. Yeah, it should be, which means it's going to end 13-10, some weird wind will kick up down there in Jacksonville. But, yeah, I mean, we find ourselves. And just watching this game as we're talking about that, Rashad Jennings looks healthy. 
Yeah, ripped off right there on on that last play there. A nice run, little juke and jive in there. I'll tell you what, if they can get the running game going with Jennings just a little bit, boy, that's going to open things up for Odell Beckham. Well, and more importantly, it could open things up for your boy Rick Plieger as Rashad Jennings is his fourth running back on every (laughs) fantasy team he owns, every single one of them. Yeah, that was my top priority was having you have Rashad Jennings in there. You're a team player. That's what you do. All right, so we're looking at the quarterback position. I like Marcus Mariota versus Colts this week. Colts are very vulnerable, perpetually banged up can't find anybody to stay healthy in the secondary Mariota with his legs and throwing the ball as bad as he looked early in the year and his the amount of bad decisions he makes even now is over 30 fantasy points the last two weeks I wouldn't think the Colts would be the team to stop that bleeding if you've got guys on by if you've got guys with bad matchups this week Marcus Mariota is a nice you know, again, if you got boned on Thursday, boned by the Bears on Thursday, Marcus Mariota could be that shoot for the moon play that could put up Aaron Rodgers type of numbers, get you that thirty points, and get you rolling again. I agree. I mean, I think that is a good play. Do I sound okay? Because something sounds weird in my headphones all of a sudden. You sound normal okay. to me. I don't hear anything weird in the headphones. All right. Okay, let's go to a sit. All right. And um, I tell you what, I'll start this show everybody's darling last week. I don't have the button here with me because it's in the control room, but IJE, you know, over 200 yards against Pittsburgh. They're playing Buffalo today, and and let's face it, he's got a total of 321 yards. Over 200 was against Pittsburgh. Right. I don't look for anything huge against Buffalo, and you probably didn't draft him as one of your top two running backs anyway. I would think I would go back to – my guys. Yeah, I for this week I'm gonna agree with you. <clears throat> I think we talked about this Thursday. I, I can't remember. I think long term, I think Miami may have finally hit on something though. So he wouldn't be a, a sit versus some other desperation plays. I, I think Ajayi's in the conversation, you know, right between the right after the twos, your steady ones and twos and high in the threes. I think they found something. They're done with this nonsense eight-man committee they had early in the year. He showed he can run the ball. So I like Ajayi's long-term thoughts. It sounds so weird to me to say, but, yeah, I'm going to sit him down against the Rob Ryan defense. You know, it sounds so weird to say. The Bills get Shaq Lawson back this week. I I think your plan is going to be – don't let them beat you, make Ryan Tannehill beat you, right? And right. I, I think they can handle that a little better than the Pittsburgh Steelers did. So I'm going to agree with the sit, but I, I tell you, Ajayi's a guy I'm intrigued by as the year goes on, as we get deeper and deeper into the season. Yeah, because let's face it, uh, Arian Foster isn't the answer as no. your lead back, and they're sadly realizing that. I mean, if, if these two boneheads in this studio knew this coming in, that it was just a matter of time when this cat got hurt and was going to miss significant time, you would think, you know, a professional organization would realize that, that he is, you can't depend on Arian Foster. No, I mean, and he wasn't even getting significant work no. when he went down. So it just may be over. So we're at the running back sit. What do I have? This one's probably too obvious, but it always kills me to say, but like I said, Rick, you're going to see a theme in my sits. 
I ain't messing with the Vikings and Ryan Matthews after the refusal to give him the ball against a bad Washington rush defense last week. They can try and give him the ball. They can give him the ball and put him in a dump truck. He's going nowhere against the Minnesota Vikings. I agree with you. And, um, you know, I'll just piggyback off of that. My quarterback sit is Carson Wentz against that yeah. Minnesota. I don't want any part in and quite frankly, when we get to the predictions, you're going to be surprised. But I still don't want Carson Wentz in there. Yeah, I, I think it, it could be a low, low-scoring, ugly type of game. Uh, wide receiver, I'm starting, Rick. I, I had Kenny Britt down versus the Giants. He just had a 30 yard. Sure you did. I did. It's written <laughs> down right here. But I'll go with the other one. This probably sounds like it's obvious. But I think it's something I want to say. I honestly, truly believe this is the week Allen Robinson gets off, right? I Finally, if it doesn't happen this week, trade him for a ham sandwich. You can cut him. I don't care. I think this is the week he's going to get double-digit targets. Let's see what he does with him. There's going to be no – you talked about Bortles. There is no doubt in my mind he gets double-digit targets. And this is what I keep saying. And after seven weeks, you start to sound stupid where – yeah, he's not catching the ball. He's not getting in the end zone, but he's getting all these targets. It's going to be fine. They're going to get it going. He's going to get 12 targets today. If he doesn't have eight grabs for 120 in a score, I'll wash my hands of him. But I honestly believe this is the week. And I don't think Hearns is a bad play either. No, this is the matchup. <laughs> I mean, this, this is the match. You know, in PPR formats, I think Alan Hearns has been in double digits every week except for one, and he's only scored one touchdown. So, I mean, yeah, Alan Hearns, I think, is a, is a great play. And, and considering, like, you use, use this term frequently, you probably paid a ham sandwich for him right. when you drafted him. He has been a great value. Right. Alan Robinson, conversely, has been a horrible value because you drafted him with your first or second yeah. pick. You drafted him six or seven overall right. in some cases. But somebody I, in this room yeah, did that. Yeah, I know somebody did. In several <laughs> But – I agree. I mean, this is the matchup to get Jags in there, quite frankly. Um, and if you if it doesn't pan out, I don't know what to tell you because they're probably not going to get it going. No, no, no. You know, no, if this isn't the matchup, then it's done. Just, just yeah. turn out the lights. It's over. And I'm going – I'm getting away from a wide receiver start because a lot of them are so obvious. But I am going – and this probably is obvious as well because you're probably starting him anyway – but I, lo- I love Delaney Walker against yeah. the Colts today. And um, yeah, Mariota sort of finally remembered he was there, right? And, catch, and yeah. And, you, I mean, this is a guy we talk about, it seems like, every preseason being top four, top five, you know, right after your Gronks, right after your Graham a couple years ago, Jordan Reed. This is a guy you talk about in that conversation, and it, it's been sort of a slow burn. And, and I'm not going to let you disrespect him. Greg Olson. Greg Olson. Why do I always forget Greg <laughs> Olson? Maybe just because you like him so much, it makes me just want to infuriate you. That, that's sort of my thing. Well, it's it, fine, it, but you don't draft him either. No, so. I never. I haven't won a league, and he's probably the only reason I'm competitive in that <laughs> league. So maybe I should give him a little more shine. Uh, sits for a wide receiver, Rick. This will be my last sit here. I, I mentioned it earlier. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not touching him. Fuller, I'm not messing with. But DeAndre Hopkins is a first-round guy who I am legitimately sitting. A lot of times we give these sits and we couch it with, look, I know you can't sit him. Yeah, you're going to play him, but lower your expectations. No, no, I have him in two other leagues, and he is on my bench this week. Brock Osweiler will be unable to throw the ball. I heard Ron Jaworski on, on ESPN say something very interesting early in the week, how – 
Brock Osweiler's biggest weakness is pressure up the middle. He can't or won't step up into a, into pressure and make the tough throws, and that's exactly what Denver does best. They'll get him from the outside. He doesn't want to step up. It's going to be ugly. He, Hopkins struggles for anything he gets. It's diving catches behind him. It's going to be real ugly for Osweiler on Monday, and DeAndre Hopkins is going to pay the price. He is legitimately a first-round pick on my bench this week. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you what, I'm staying right with that game. I mean, I'm not even going positions. Um, C.J. Anderson against that Houston defense, I'm not liking it. And, you know, he started off like gangbusters. That that first week against Carolina, it was a 21-20 game. He had 92 yards. He had, what, two touchdowns. He had over, what, almost 140 total yards, something like that. Scored again the next week against Indianapolis. And I'll tell you what, this is his point total in full-point PPR since the Indy game. Five against Cincinnati, 12 against Tampa, nine against Atlanta, 11 against San Diego. This is full-point PPR. 20 points combined between who? Atlanta and San Diego. Right. And we want to exactly. play. We want to blame Booker, and and we get a ton of questions throughout the week. Do I pick up Booker? Do I drop this guy and pick up Booker? Booker's not getting any a whole lot more work. It's just for whatever reason they're unable to run the ball. I think teams are saying, "All right, we're not going to let this running game beat us." Come on, Simeon. Come on, kid. You can beat us, right? Right. Which sounds strange to say when you got a Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders running out there. For whatever reason, this team can't run the ball. They're not getting Anderson involved in the passing game, which is where I thought his value would be coming into the year with the young quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not messing with CJ. You got an Isaiah Crowell on your bench. You have a you know, name a guy that's on your bench. You got a Jaquiz Rogers Stewart, sitting on maybe. your bench. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's guys out there like that. I'm going to play over CJ Anderson, especially in a PPR league. Now look, it was 21-13 against San Diego last week. He had 10 carries in a game that was a one-score game throughout, and they're not even trying to establish a run game with this guy. I mean. Granted, 3.7 average in 10 carries, but, you know, it takes – and we've talked about this over the years. You see these guys, and we always use Barry Sanders as the thing, and, and let's face it, he's one in a million. I understand right. that. But it was like Jerome Bettis with Pittsburgh and a lot of these other guys. You keep giving them the ball. Adrian Peterson is a great example um, in his heyday. You give them the ball. they get The line gets into a rhythm. Look – the when defense it, gets tired. Well, the defense gets tired, but when you have – and this is why one reason if you have a great back or even a very good back that RBBCs I don't like. Because I'll tell you what, you are – as an offensive line, you are blocking totally differently right. for um, – I don't know, just pick two. Go back to your Steeler example, your Willie Parker and your Jerome Bettis. Yeah. That's two right. totally different blocking schemes. Exactly. And in in your total okay, let, let's use Adrian Peterson and Mike or Matt Osiata if they were platooning these guys. You're totally blocking way different for these right. guys. If you keep giving a great back or a very good back the ball over and over. The the line is in a rhythm. The offense gets into a rhythm. The running back gets into a rhythm. And the defense, to your point, gets tired. And that's how you beat people. But they 
in a close game like that, I think it's insane that a lot of these offenses don't go back to that. I understand it's a pass happy game, but when you're at one score, right? I mean, to me, it's crazy not to do that kind of football. And let's go back to this is why I like Legarrette Blunt this week and have him ranked as high as I do, albeit not over Lamar Miller. I'm still I'm still waffling on that pick, even though I, I'm sticking with Lamar Miller. Is the Patriots will do that with Legarrette Blunt? They'll sprinkle him sprinkle him in enough throughout the game. You don't usually sometimes, but you don't usually see him coming out ripping off big runs, right? He's sort of useless, and then maybe runs one in. Although I think those days are getting limited with Gronk and Bellett and Bennett down there, and, and Tom Brady back. But then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they got a lead. We're going to shut it down now. And now here goes Garrett Blunt, bang, 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 yeah. bang, over and over and, and over and over him. again. And you absolutely can't do. It. But teams do not do that anymore. It's a rare team that does that at this point. You're right. All right, we have a standard question. Uh, Christine, Michael, Frank, Gore, C.J. Anderson. I think he did it on purpose. <laughs> so, Michael, C.J. Anderson, and Gore. Um, I, I, this is Michael, right? It comes down to Michael and Gore. I'm throwing Anderson out. I think this is Christine, Michael. I think you know, they're down in Arizona. Arizona defense isn't what I thought it was going to be. They're, they're still ite. They're a whole lot of ite. I, I yeah, th- th- this is Michael for me. I, I hate to keep sitting Frank Gore, but I-, I think I go with Michael here. Yeah, I am definitely going with Michael, and it's um, and the reason I say that it- it's because I mean this is a big game, right? And this is going to be this is going to be a real snot knocker, I think, today with, with Arizona and Seattle, and. Um, It's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be some high-flying 34-whatever. You know what I'm saying? I I just don't think it's going to be a real high-scoring game. And let's face it, um, Arizona's defense is not bad. They're they're, um, third in the league in fantasy scoring, and I don't even know what they are. I'll have to pull them up, I guess, in, in, in real life to see what they are. But, I mean, they're a good defense. And I'm still going Christine Michael because I think there it's going to be I think scoring's going to be at a premium, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, those games tend to get that way and that they don't they don't these divisional games they don't tend to play in yeah. the forties. Their or, defense still fourth overall in the league. So I mean they give but they give up hundred and four yards rushing per game. Only 191 passing. Yeah, if there's a vulnerability it's in the running game. I gotta and, go, Michael. I think that's just the logical play yeah yeah i, I think it, and, and from a and a, i apologize for stumbling there but i didn't have the stats up in front of me i wanted to make sure i wasn't uh because well, i thought they were you know i knew arizona fantasy wise had that great defense but kind of like a a seattle right right not that great in fantasy but still an awful stat win in real right. life absolutely all right rick let's pick some games if we can look away well, there's only 30 seconds left so the last half hour of the show will be good because right there i watched rick trying to talk, trying to make a pick, trying to look up stats, trying to drink coffee and watch football at the same time. So we're all afflicted like you are. I know you're only 25% listening. We're only 25% giving you any reasonable information or entertainment because there's a game on. Thank you, Roger Goodell. All right, let's pick some games, Rick. I am off to ah, a one and another. A... Oh, all right. Question. Well, that comes first. Let's Frank do it. Frank Gore or James White? Hmm. <laughs> standard? Standard. Frank Gore. 
Me too. I don't think James White scores two touchdowns this week. He, he's been Frank, nicked up. I wonder how much he's going to be on it. He seems like the rare legitimate injury in New England. He's a legitimate questionable. Right. Frank Gore is going to touch the ball a lot more. All right. I started off 1-0. I assume you did as well, picking the Packers. We disagree yep. on this game. I got the Giants 24-17. This game's tied up. This is yep. going to be a coin 10-10, flip. Yep. So, here we go, Rick. Cincinnati Bengals host your Cleve Brownies. Okay, I have Cincinnati in a pretty competitive game. They just have this type of history. I like Cincinnati 30, Cleveland 22. I'm not sure how can I Kessler playing well, acquitting himself. Cincinnati's very underwhelming. Yeah, this kind of game, Andy Dalton feasts on the Browns in his career. I think the offense gets going here. I like Gio Bernard this week. A.J. Green's the the rare big money guy I've been willing to spend my money on in DFS. So I got the Bengals all over them here, 33-16. Detroit Lions, don't know what to make of them. Hosting the Washington Redskins, don't know what to make of them. I am going with a Washington Redskin upset, and uh, I don't even know why. (laughs) I mean, Jordan Reed's out. You would think that – yeah, that would be hampering to them. But uh, I, I don't know. There's just something about Washington. They keep hanging around. And I'm going to – and Detroit's Detroit. So I'm going Washington 30, Detroit 26. Washington Redskins are the better team. They rush the passer well. They should be able to create some turnovers against a Matt Stafford who likes to turn the ball over. Everything about this, uh, everything about the Redskins in this matchup, I like. That being said, I'm taking the Detroit Lions 24-23 for this reason and this reason alone. The Washington Redskins, Rick, have won four games in a row. They're going on the road. Washington, this team isn't the type of team that wins five in a row. So even though all the matchup tells right. me the Redskins should win this game, just based simply on that, going on the road, trying to win your fifth straight, that's just not who they are. And I so. wish I could look at you and say Boulder Dash, but I agree with you so, 100%. No, I think it's but close. I'm, I think it's squirrely. I got Detroit 24-23. Game we've talked about all morning, the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Oakland Raiders. I think this is going to be a wide open affair, and uh, but I, you know, they both Oakland's defense. You know, we're talking about matchups and everything. They it's been terrible, but their offense is premium. I like Oakland thirty four, Jacksonville twenty eight. Yeah, bottom line, I'm done picking Jacksonville to win ever. You know, if I it's sixteen times I pick against them, I'm going to be right ten. Right, that's a pretty good percentage. I picked them last week. You remember, I, had, one I actually had that one too. <laughs> It didn't look like it for a long time against a really bad Bears team. And Oakland, the rare West Coast team that's been able to go east and win football games and keep their offense going, unlike, say, in Arizona, who it's two totally different offenses when they're on the West Coast and when they're on the East Coast. So I think it is high scoring, which means it finishes 9-7. to But I'm going to say Oakland 33-30. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New Orleans Saints. You know, everything told told me that, boy, I tell you, New Orleans could pull an upset here. And then, you know, I got thinking, come on, they're an era ahead, right? You know, New Orleans is away from the dome. So I'm going, even though I'm going to still have it close, I'm going Kansas City 31-27. Yeah, I, look, the, that offense or defense is so pathetic in New Orleans. It's not built to go on the road. Drew Brees has struggled historically in these type of spots. They are two totally different teams, home and road. And I'm I'm just I'm not going to be the guy who picks New Orleans to go into Arrowhead of all places and win that game. I got the Chiefs twenty seven twenty four. Miami hosting Buffalo. 
I tell you what, we saw a different Miami team last week against Pittsburgh. And, I mean, they look like a juggernaut. But I think Buffalo goes down to Miami and, and goes all – it's a division game. I think Buffalo's a better team. I like Buffalo 27-16. You know what? For all the reasons I picked against Washington, Rick, how many of the Bills won in a row? Four or five, something crazy like that. They start off, what, 0-2? They're 4-2. and two Yeah, I, I think it's the same thing. I think Miami found something. I think they found something with Ajayi. I think less about Miami. I, I just got a gut feeling. This is all it is, a gut feeling. Buffalo lays an egg this week. And I've got Miami 20-17. to 17. The New York Jets and your boy, Rick Geno Smith, he's got the jersey on. If you guys could see in the studio, Rick Briggs wearing the Geno Smith jersey <laughs> yeah. at home, taking yeah. on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and I don't think it matters if they're in, in New York or not. I mean, it's uh... – Geno Smith. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Geno Smith. Conversely, though, I think I don't think this is going to be any kind of a blowout. I think it's sort of a redemption from New York a little bit from some of their previous games, but I'm going Baltimore 26, New York 22, and I might have been tempted to go with the Jet upset if Baltimore hadn't been on a losing streak. Somebody's right. got to end it, and I think Baltimore is probably more prepared for a victory than the Jets are. I, I think it's the Ravens all over them. I mean, the offense is going to be putrid with Geno Smith running it. I, I think we may see Ryan Fitzpatrick before this thing's all said and done. There's going to be a ton of turnovers. I think the Ravens score on defense. I think Joe, that secondary has been bad. Revis has been bad. Everything's been bad in New York. I got the Ravens 29-9 is okay. my prediction. And I actually it. did have – a. <laughs> You know, we didn't get to it, but I actually had the Baltimore defense as a start. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's my DFS lineup everywhere. Is you can get them about $4,500. Yeah. So I, or $2,500, excuse me. I've been all over them. All right, Rick, the Eagles hosting the Vikings coming off the bye. Everything says Minnesota should just go all over them. You know, defensively shut them down and everything. I'm going for a Philadelphia Eagle upset. I can't see Minnesota – uh, being undefeated, they're yeah. the only undefeated team left. And, you know, Bradford, Philadelphia, I'm going Philly 24-23. I wanted to, Rick, and I think I had it initially, which means you're right on this one. The Eagles are going to win because I sort of changed my mind midstream. I just – Carson Wentz against this defense. I see a late turnover. I think it's going to be close. The Eagles are going to have a chance in this one. But I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to take the Cowards way out and take the Vikings 20-17. to 17. This this one intrigues me, Rick, and normally this isn't the game that intrigues you in a week. Tennessee hosting the Colts. I think this is a very crucial matchup, you know, as far as that division goes. Somebody through attrition has to win this division, right? Exactly. And, and – I think Indianapolis, with Andrew Luck, finds a way somehow to pull it out. I like what Tennessee's doing. I like what their defense is doing, Mariota. But somewhere along the line, it just something's telling me Indianapolis gets back on, I don't know, not really track because they've never really been on it. But, I mean, maybe they get up to what you'd more expect from that offense. I'm going Indianapolis 31, Tennessee 23. I'm going to take I'm going to take Tennessee here 31-27 for this reason. 
while the Colts keep winning games, it seems like teams give them so many opportunities to stay in games. What's this? The division does that. (laughs) What Tennessee has that these other teams don't is DeMarco Murray, Rick. They have a closer. They're bringing Chapman in in the ninth, throwing gas, throwing 103. I think this is the Colts get behind. They make their run. They always, they always get behind, right, looking up for the first quarter and a half. They get hot. They get on the run. But Tennessee has a closer here, and I'm going to go with DeMarco Murray, 31-27. All right. All right, should be a fantasy bonanza, Rick. The Atlanta Falcons hosting the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, so it'll probably be 6-3. Yes, but I'm sir. Going, I am going Atlanta at home, coming off that tough loss. Look, I think they're a much better team than San Diego. I don't think it's going to be a 21-13 game like a San Diego game was Denver, but I like Atlanta 34, San Diego 28. I've got Atlanta 34-24. I don't think there's any need to discuss they're at home. I think this Atlanta team's for real. Every every couple years, if not every year, that division completely flips on its ear, and I'm believing in Matt Ryan. I'm believing the Falcons are the real deal this year. All right, the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what's easily the game of the week. <laughs> easily the game of the week, and I'll tell you what. I, I think normally I would take Tampa Bay, but they are so banged up. The running back, Sims and, and Martin both out. Uh, Vincent Jackson, albeit not a dynamic player, a good solid veteran, another one gone, his knees tore up. I, I think uh, Tampa Bay is right for the picking, and I'm going San Francisco 24-21. Gutsy. Look, Colin Kaepernick has nothing to do with protesting, politics, any of that stuff. He's not a good football player anymore. No. I don't know why. I don't know how. I think Jaquiz Rogers is an adequate replacement, if not an upgrade from some of these guys, especially in the passing game. Mike Evans, who's going to cover Mike Evans? I think there's just uh, still too many weapons. Jameis Winston looks really good against bad opponents. He looks really bad against good opponents. He looks really good against bad opponents. He's that type of guy. And I think sort of a squirrely, ugly kind of game. I got Tampa Bay 23-16. What should have been the game of the week, Rick, that's been w- ripped away from us, the New England Patriots travel to our hometown, take on the Stellars. Okay, um, this is the discussion. Tom Brady versus Landry Jones, 42-17. 41-13. I thought you might mock me for going so high, but we are in lockstep on that one. All right, big divisional matchup. We talked a lot about it earlier. Arizona hosting Seattle. I like Seattle barely, 20-17. Yeah, it's going to be close. I got 27-23. If this was in Seattle, I think it'd be a bigger spread. I just... Carson Palmer isn't there, Rick. And I didn't mention him, but he was right. also on my list. Uh, Albeit Drew Stanton played well. Right. And, you know, I know Carson Palmer's Well, Carson Palmer's playing. Yeah, but, but he's bad he was questionable. Year. Right, right. And, you know, so it's not like if Palmer comes out, you know, they're going to suffer drastically. No, I, I, think I don't think. But I, I think just, they'll suffer equally, and they're going to lose the game. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I just think with Russell, period, Russell Wilson – against either one of them this year, I think that's the advantage. All right, and on Monday Night Football, your Houston Texans travel to Denver, take on the Broncos. With all the offensive woes that Denver has, they still have that defense. And I'm going Denver at home, 27-23. I think it's going to be a close game. I can't say it enough. The Broncos' defense is one of the two or three best in the league. They said we want to kill Brock Osweiler. That that ended messy somehow. I don't. Nobody knows the backstory. 
that mess ended messy. They want this. They're going to have it. They're going to score defensively. And let's not forget, we saw the Houston Texans get skunked by a Jacoby Brissett-led Patriots team on Thursday night football. Doesn't play well in prime time, similar to how they don't play well in the playoffs. I see no opportunity for Houston to do anything. And I see with Denver scoring at least once on defense, maybe twice, I got Denver 28-3. All right, Richard, we're going to hop right into the mailbag here. I believe we are running late. We, We get so far behind each and every week. We might have to start making this a full two-hour show. So let's start it out. We need to bench one in a half-point PPR. It is a big list. So we're only sitting one down between Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, James White, Brandon Marshall, Jarvis Landry, Matt Jones, and Larry Fitzgerald. All right, half-point PPR, right? we're, We're sitting one. Okay. So Miller, Ingram, White, Marshall, Landry, Jones, and Fitzgerald. Well, this is white easily. Yeah, to me, I mean, if I'm only sitting one, I mean, it just sticks right out. If white. white wasn't nicked up, this would be more of a question. But, again, I see I see them getting Edelman involved as bad as I they. Mean, I can see throwing, you know, thinking about Brandon Marshall. I mean, you got Geno Smith there, but let's face it. Marshall's the only game in town in New York right now. Put it in his and, halo. That's right. all you got to do. He was still a 1,000-yard receiver in Miami in those years. There's another interception. That's a replay, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. I just happened to look up. I didn't know. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was easy enough. PPR flex, Rick. Oh, God. It's about Sophie's choice here. Jamal Charles or Sammy Coates? Oh, Lord. Um, Coates. Yeah, I think it probably. And, and I never thought that I'd be recommending him over anybody, but. Um, you know, one thing we saw last year, Rick, when coach the, will be playing, Jamal Charles may not. Right, and, and the one thing we saw last year, you know, if you're in desperate straits with coats, and we had a lot of coats questions, I think I filtered a lot of them out because I knew how limited time we'd have. If you look back to last year when Roethlisberger was out, any any opportunities they had, any scoring the Steelers put up was Jones taking a taking his drop, closing his eyes, flinging it down the field to Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant put up some numbers with Landry Jones and Michael Vick at quarterback. So assuming Coates can catch the ball in that hands all right, Coates is going to get opportunities. They're going to find a way to get the ball in his hand deep. I think that's your only opportunity. You're going to be down early. You're just going to go back and fling it downfield. So, yeah, Coates is probably the better option here. All right. Uh, they don't tell me PPR or not. Not sure it matters. Lamar Miller at Denver or Spencer Ware at home against New Orleans? Ware. I'm going Ware here. Yeah, I don't think Jamal Charles is going to see the field much, if at all. And there's going to be room to run. I think Spencer Ware has a big game. I mean, here. I hate benching Lamar Miller, but uh, I think – Ware is one of these kind of guys. He could have a big day. All right. PPR question, Rick. Mike Wallace, Travis Benjamin. That's that's a tough one. Um, I never liked Tristan Wallace, but Benjamin's been banged up. That was my point. I I think I'd have to go Mike Wallace as well. And I cannot stand Mike Wallace fantasy-wise because he's a lot like Deshaun Jackson. He's so inconsistent. But with Travis Benjamin banged up, you're not sure – what to expect? He's mired in that Inman, Williams, that whole mess there. You don't know who it's going to be. He's been nicked up. Wallace is going to have opportunities downfield. That New York secondary is inexplicably bad to me. I don't know why they're so bad, but they bad. 
So we're agreeing on that one. We need one Rick and a half point PPR between your boy Alan Hearns, Terrell Pryor, or Michael Thomas. I I have to go Pryor. I think I think right now he's a must start every week if Pryor plays. So yeah. in order, Pryor, Hearns, Thomas. Yeah, I mean I haven't heard anything that he's not playing, but he's a game time decision. Oh, is it a game time decision? Okay. I can uh, I can effort real quick, see what... I uh, can, too. All right, you do that, see what the news is. But if Pryor goes, so it's in this order, if Pryor goes, he's number one. Hearn's number two, I think he's... You, you talked about it, he's a good, solid 10, 12 points every single week. Yeah, that's why I, 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 I thought. I said, barring a setback, Pryor is expected to play Sunday. So, I mean, that is... Uh, it's a good sign. I mean, I, I just don't know what else to, to, to do. And I mean, if he's expected to play, you almost yeah, have to yeah. see. I, he's their whole offense. He's their, it, their whole entire offense. A little bit of Cruel, a whole lot of trail prior. Yep. That's it. All right. So let's move on. Uh, what do we got? Jeremy Hill against the Browns or your boy, Ajayi. We need to, I'm waiting for one more wire, Rick, and we'll have the capability of doing the sound effects in here as well. It'll be here by Thursday. Oh, I want no part of Jeremy Hill, period, until he does something. So I am going Ajayi. Yeah, I think that that's pretty easy. If there was going to be a game where Hill's going to get healthy, here's what sucks about Jeremy Hill, Rick. Every time you recommend him to sit, what's he do? He averages 1.4 yards per carry. He gets 12 carries, but two of them are for a touchdown. This is why I always grip my teeth when I pick against Hill. I'm not going to take that risk. Ajayi is going to touch the ball 15 to 22 times this week. I'll roll the dice with that. The, the thing about Jeremy Hill is his biggest game of the year was against what? The Denver defense of all, of all <laughs> people, okay? I mean, he played New England last week. Of course, they were destroyed. And, and didn't see much, but against Dallas, 12 yards, New England, 38, Miami, he did have 71, but you know, he's just, it's just, I recall, right. That was mostly on one big long run. Right. That was that Thursday night game. I, I can't swear to that, but I feel like I remember watching that. But the point is even in PPR leagues, he has been single digits Every week except one, and that was the one against Denver. He had the two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. He was single digits when he scored against the Jets. Yeah, that's tough to do. Right. That's really, really tough to do. All right, Rick, what do we got? We're 12-team PPR, and we need to start two between Jaquiz Rogers, Demarius Thomas, and here we go again, Lamar Miller. So we're going to sit one of those down, Rogers, Thomas, Miller. I'm going to have to sit Lamar Miller down again. You know what I'm discovering? I have him ranked too high. As I, love, I love Jaquiz Rogers. If they come out – now, look, this San Francisco isn't as bad as New Orleans. What, was it New Orleans that they played when they come out and handed the ball to Rogers 18 straight times? Who'd they play on that Monday night game? It doesn't matter. They come out, they gave him the ball a ton. They're going to give Jaquiz Rogers a ton of work. He's going to catch a few passes. So, I like Jaquiz over Lamar and Demarius Thomas in these situations. I always take the wide receiver. Uh yeah, I'll go along with you. I don't like Jaquiz Rogers, but yeah, I mean, 
he's the guy. He's the only guy Tampa has left. They have so, nobody left to carry it. Unless yeah. Maybe Ty Montgomery shows up. You know what I mean? He's going to carry the ball a little more. Yeah, he comes down from Green Bay. Yeah. I, he's he, going to touch the ball so much, I have to play him. Lamar Miller. I think I would, too. Against bad defenses, his yards per carry is low. Now, where you're nervous about about sitting a Miller and why I had him ranked as high as I do is I don't think they're gonna their game plan is going to be go, to go out there and have Brock Osweiler fling it around. So Miller's going to touch it a ton as well. When I look at the matchup, I got to go Jaquiz. I think they're going to have equal touches. I, I really do. Yeah, I think I'm going there too because against good defenses, that Houston offense is bad. I mean, Lamar Miller's had a good year, over 100 yards against Chicago. Okay, 149 against Indianapolis, 20 against Minnesota, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's about an 80 yard guy against everybody else. And that's about what you're expecting. He's involved. I mean, he's going to give you probably double digits even against Denver. Probably. But I agree with you. I think your quiz Rogers against San Francisco, much better play. All right. I love this question, Reagan. This one's tough. It's going to be tough for you because it involves your boy. Bortles or Carr in their matchup? Carr. Yeah, I, think. I, I mean, they're both my boys, but i tell you what. Derek Carr in that offense, I mean, that's high octane. And, look, the Jacksonville matchup is about as favorable for Carr as the right. Oakland matchup is for a Bortles. Yeah, when you look at a situation like this, in, in a situation where you expect both guys to have big games, you look for the guy who's more likely – to throw up on his shoes, right? If I had to pick one of the two, Carr's getting it done against everybody. Bortles looked pathetic for two and a half quarters versus the the Chicago Bears last week, Rick. So while I don't think it's going to happen this week, he could. You've seen Bortles play poorly against bad defenses and matchups. You expect him to play well. You don't see that with Derek Carr. So I agree with you. This is Derek Carr by a pretty wide margin for me. I do too. I mean, I, I like um... – yeah, like you said, even against Chicago, they won that game, but they only scored 17 points against Chicago it was Bears. A struggle for that offense. And Bortles, I did have him as a recommended start. Now, this could be a score fest or it could be a blowout, which still gives Bortles garbage time. I think, you know, he's still a good start, but yeah, car easily. All right. PPR, Rick, Mark Ingram, Gio Bernard. Bernard. And a P, if this was a standard, this would be Ingram pretty easily. Yeah. I really think New Orleans is going to struggle in Arrowhead, which means they're going to score 44. So yeah. go ahead and write that down. Yeah. But I think they're going to struggle. They're going to get behind. So I think Gio Bernard, they really get him involved. I think this is a big game for Cincinnati when I predicted the game. So I like Gio Bernard in a PPR. All right, PPR flex. We got Bernard again, but it gets a little more interesting with Marvin Jones and Jeremy Macklin. We're just picking one. Yeah, you only get one. Is this Daisy confused email in the show now too? I got to take Bernard off this list. This comes down to Marvin Jones and Macklin for me. Macklin, it, I have ranked. See, I just took Macklin out. Oh wow! See, I'm I'm recommending Macklin here going up against New Orleans. He pops his head up every now and again and has those big games. And this is the matchup at home against the New Orleans team. I'm going to go with Macklin here. So I, I have a feeling we're going to disagree, and that's fine. I like Macklin. Well, this is Macklin Jones Bernard. Tell you what, I mean, you know, I don't care. You know, Macklin's had some good matchups this year. San Diego for one, Oakland another. 
His highest total so far this year was against, of course, Pittsburgh, 78 yards in a 43-14 blowout. I, I just don't think he's, – he's third easily for me. I think I'm going to – with Marvin Jones, but I'm, I'm going Jones and it's close with Bernard – and then Macklin third. All right. Well, if you want to be on the side of righteousness, you take Jeremy Macklin. If you want yeah. to listen to this ne'er-do-well over here, then I guess Marvin Jones is your guy. Don't you worry. Get... I'm writing that one down. Oh, we're going to discuss that again, I believe. Of you'll, course. You'll lose that paper. You think? All right. Quarterback question. Rick, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Yeah, I like Smith. Again, I love this matchup with with New Orleans, obviously. I Kirk like Cousins Alex Smith, but not look, in fantasy. Yeah, Kirk Cousins starting to look a little more like that guy we saw the last half of last season. I, I think he, he gets the ball around. Yeah, I'm going to go. This is a lot closer for me, but I think Kirk Cousins is a legitimate play this week. All right, Standard League, Ajayi or Isaiah <laughs> Crowell. I think I'm going Crowell. I, I think I will, too. I think I am. He's he's just um, – look, Duke John, Johnson snipes the catches and, he, and even some red zone stuff away from Crowell. But I think this could get down a little bit nasty with Cincinnati and Cleveland. I just don't like IJE against Buffalo. So I'm going Crowell. Yeah, th- this one's pretty close for me. I have uh, Crowell ranked j- just ahead of IJE. Crowell has a better chance to have a big game, I think, and that's what I'm going to go with here. So we will agree on that one. All right, PPR, Michael Thomas, or Tyrell Williams in a flex? Well, I think this one's close. Yeah, this is really close. I'm, trying, I'm going I'm Thomas very dubiously, I must say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm flipping through. I actually have Tyrell Williams ranked about four slots ahead of Michael Thomas this week. No. Yeah, yeah, about exactly four spots ahead of him. Again, I don't like Drew Brees going into Arrowhead. No. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm dealing with Brandon Cooks, and I'm dealing with Kobe Fleener, and I'm dealing with you name the nine other guys I'm dealing with. Michael Thomas, he's become sort of touchdown dependent as a guy who's played him in the flex a lot this year in the the caveman league right he's touchdown dependent he he bails me out if he scores i don't know how many touchdowns there are to be had in new orleans so if he scores a touchdown he has a big week tyrell williams has the better matchup like i said i got him within four slots of each other but i'm gonna go with williams here and i agree with what you say and i think that's why i'm taking thomas because i think that kc defense kind of stymies some of your big play guys with New Orleans and Breeze somewhere along the line is going to get his, yeah, not these huge numbers, but it could be to a guy like Thomas, you know, that odd guy. Yeah. So I'm going him very close, and like I said, I'm kind of yeah, yeah about the, it. But the Williams you have, you got the Inman problem, you got the Benjamin problem, right. the Hunter Henry, the Antonio Gates problem. Yeah, that that's why I never like picking Tyrell Williams. Right. But I'm going to err on that side this week. All right, where are we at? I like this one, Rick. Another a lot of quarterback questions this week. Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor. Ooh boy, I still got to go Mariota. Yeah. I, I like what he's doing. I'm he's just he's kicking it into maturity a little quicker, right? I think than Taylor is. Yeah, Taylor. You, Bottom line is this comes down to just what my thoughts were is I have them struggling a little bit down in Miami. 
Mariota coming off back-to-back 30-point games going against what I think might be the most vulnerable, if I could spit that out, fantasy football defense in the league right now. So I got Mariota in a fairly close one. All right, we need three of these, Rick, in a standard league. Ooh, I better get my pen. Yeah, get your little pen out. All right, got it. Melvin Gordon. Yes. Uh, Yes. Terrence Williams. Yes. Lamar Miller. No. Tevin Coleman. How many we need? Three? Three. Well, wait, Terrence Williams is on bye, isn't he? Oh, Terrence Williams. Yeah. I, I thought it was um, – He must mean Tyrell. He's I got thought it. it was Terrence West. I was thinking that's Terrence who, West. I bet you that's who he means. Well, yeah. gee, now we really can't help this guy. If it's Terrence West, he's a start for me because I don't think Charles is – I mean, uh, uh, Charles. I think Baltimore – I wonder, does he mean? Does he not know, know Dallas no. is on by? I did obviously I didn't screen this one very well. All right. If it's let's say oh, it's Terrence West. If it's Terrence Williams, you your answer it, question is answered. answered. Okay. Yeah. Right. If it's Terrence West, I go Gordon West Coleman. If it's Ty Tyrell Williams, I go Gordon Miller Coleman. Does that sound about right to you? I think I yeah, I have to agree with you. All right. I mean, yeah. that was a real debacle yeah. of a question. What are, you, what are you doing, pal? All right, anyhow. What are you doing screening these things? Well, it was literally by <laughs> I when know. I started putting this studio together, it was about 8.30. I thought, oh, it'll take me an hour to build a control room. Yeah. When I got done at 1.30 and realized I hadn't done my show prep yet, needless to say, it was late when I was screening these emails. Anyhow, Rick, PPR Flex. Mike Davis or Dwayne Washington? Now, here's somebody in some desperate straits. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you have no other option. I mean, there's only two guys on a buy or two teams on a buy. Yeah. Oh, Davis. Yeah, I, I think it's they're saying he's going to get the top work, so I'm going to give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> run game's vulnerable. You know what? Nah, Nick. Nick yeah, I'm. A, I'm going to go Mike Davis there. All right, PPR Flex. I wanted to get his name brought up here. Golden Tate coming off the big game. Devontae Parker, Chris Hogan. I tell you what, I, I'm tempted to go Hogan against with Brady going against this Pittsburgh defense. I mean, are, are, for are everybody, we, Rick? Are we? I don't know. Steeler and, fan panic number one. Yeah, it is. That's the answer to your question. We're freaking out. Now, who is it again? Golden Tate, Devontae Parker, Hogan. I throw Parker completely yeah, out of Yeah, I'm giving me Tate. I think I, think I like Tate. I, you're I not going to get Washington. 35 every right. week. But I think finally, oh, hey, we still have Golden Tate. Ebron's hurt. I, I think the running game, there's no running game. They're all hurt. Yeah, I think we're, we're going to see more yeah. and more of Tate every week. Yeah. All right, Rick. Uh, oh, quarterback question. Put them all together now. Put them in a bag and pull them out. Carr, Bortles, or Mariota? Carr. Tempted to go Mariota, but I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Carr is fastly becoming uh, just, I mean, he's a must start to me. I mean, you're not going to have him, you're not going to have a David Carr, Drew Brees question or anything like that. And Carr is, to me, just a start. Period. And I mean, you can't, you, you're not going to throw anybody at me that I'm going to take over car. I mean, unless you're in like a, an 18 or a two team league deck days and confused, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, David Carr right now is what? Two, four, six, seventh. And he's only behind Aaron Rodgers Cause Aaron Rodgers has a game in hand on him. He'll pass him up. Okay. Right. So will Phil Rivers. But 
you know, he's only behind Ryan, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Stafford, and Luck right now. I'm not starting anybody over this guy. He's that guy. It might be time for those car those car questions to go away. He yeah. Is, he is a number one guy. All right, Rick, well, let's end on this one. I like this. Let's end it up with a quarterback question. We've been quarterback heavy in this mailbag. Marcus Mariota again or Drew Brees, somebody who's thinking my way a little bit on this matchup with Kansas City. Okay. I am not sitting Drew Brees. Okay, I, I'm going to tell you that right now. He's got 1,734 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks. I am not sitting down Drew Brees for anybody. I'm tempted to. Listen, okay, listen, we have his worst game was against, of all people, the San Diego Chargers at 207 yards. He had two picks, two interceptions, okay? We can th- we'll throw that one out. He had 465 and four touchdowns against Carolina. Let's throw that one out, okay? He still got a 423-yard game. He's got a 263-yard game, a 376-yard game. I'm not sitting Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm, I, I am tempted, Rick, for everything we talked about, but I'm going to agree. I'm not going to get caught with my pants down overthinking with a Drew Brees. I think it's a struggle for them this week, but even in bad games, he seems to throw for 300 yards, right? It's very possible, yeah. All right, Rick. Well, let's wrap it up here. I've got to get back to bed. You've got to go do whatever it is Rick Briggs does. Thanks back so mu- to work. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll keep answering questions right up till kickoff at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We'll be back Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. You can follow the show, asylumfantasysports.com. Until Thursday or next Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll see you. Take care. Brownsville State. They probably couldn't make this song anymore. Be encouraging kids to smoke. Yeah. I don't hate it. That came out when I was in high school. So you know, we, I mean, they make songs like that. You know, it was a great little duel between teachers and all of them.